The following podcast is a glimpse into the life of Ecclesia Houston. We pray it is a blessing as you seek to follow Jesus, the liberating King, and live in his kingdom here on earth as it is in heaven. My feet are strong. My eyes are clear. I cannot see. Keeps me 
Good morning, Ecclesia, family, friends. Thank you for joining us on this 25th day of April. I want to take a moment and just create some space to acknowledge all that's happened in our country in this time. I'm just giving you a time to take a deep breath and to let it out. And as we move into this time of, of worship and reflection with the scriptures, I want to open us up with a word of prayer. God, our Father, we praise your name and we thank you for the creation that you've made all around us, the people, the plants, the animals, the beauty therein. And we thank you for the invitation that you've given to us to be a part of building your kingdom, serving and loving our community, and neighbors. And God, we thank you for the breath in our lungs. And may we ever remember to worship you, for you are worthy. Amen. And now, Ecclesia, I invite you to join with us all together as we lift our voice in song. Stay fast 
shout for joy I will raise my voice Hallelujah to the Lamb Then you are your steadfast Your steadfast Then you are your steadfast Your
Ecclesia, now is the time in our gathering when we worship through offering. Will you read this prayer along with me? Our risen Lord, all that we have is yours. Our presence, an offering to your glory. Our talents, the humble bricks of your kingdom. Our very best, laid before you in gratitude. We submit this offering to the honor of your great mission. Work within us, around us, and through us. Bind us together in your redeeming work. In the name of the Father, and the Son, and the Holy Spirit. Amen. Well, hello, Ecclesia family. It's good to be gathered with you uh, wherever you are in the world. Uh, if we haven't met in person, my name is Wayne Brown. I'm the campus pastor over at Ecclesia on the west side. I'm probably there right now as you're watching this in our outdoor gathering, which brings me to my first update I wanna make sure you're aware of. We are so thrilled that we get to gather in person every Sunday at both our downtown and west side campus at 9 a.m. and 11 a.m. And we wanna make sure you're aware that that's an option for you if you're in town and you feel uh, safe with that. Uh, we are doing it outside and as long as the weather permits, we're gonna stay outside for as long as we can. I'm a big Game of Thrones fan and there's a saying in that show that winter is coming. It doesn't apply to Houston at all because we know summer is coming. And with that, uh, it means that outside may get to the point where it's a little too hot, it's a little unbearable. So we are making plans for what it looks like when that happens for us to transition inside for a shortened service, very similar in format to what we're doing currently, where we keep our kids with uh, us and they have some activities and things to do while they're in there. Uh, and we'll communicate to, with you whenever those changes begin to happen. But we're making those plans and we're gonna stay outside for as long as we possibly can. We're asking you to register in advance. Uh, you can go to ecclesiahouston.org events. You can also find it in the Church Center app. That's actually the easiest way to do that. And we're asking you to register so that if weather does come up and we need to make a quick change that we can let you know that ahead of time. But we also wanna make sure you are aware that if you wake up and you're feeling good and you want to come, we're holding space for you. Please come. We'd love to see you at 9 and 11 a.m. at both downtown and west side every Sunday. Next, something that's really fun about the fact that summer is coming is it's baseball season and the Astros are here. And as you heard from Pastor Chris C. last week, uh, we have some tickets available. We've got 12 tickets near the left field foul uh, pole and they're great seats. You can see really well. It's also easy to get in and out of the, the stadium, the ballpark safely to do that. Uh, but it's an amazing spot. Baseball is one of those uh, sporting events where it's slow enough that you can actually carry on a really meaningful conversation. And so it's a place where you can invite neighbors or coworkers or folks that you want to have a more meaningful conversation around life and faith and invite them into that. And so we've made those tickets available where you can host 12 people uh, to a game, all the home games throughout the entire season. Uh, and you can go to our website, ecclesiahouston.org Astros to sign up to reserve a game where you can host friends and neighbors and coworkers and family to have a great time at the ballpark and have some really meaningful conversations. We'd love to see you there, Ecclesia. And then lastly, I wanna just say a huge thank you 
to Manuel Sanchez, to Hannah Rodriguez, and to Asher Castillo, and so many of our volunteers that they come together three times a month and they prepare uh, over 120 meals for some of our unhoused brothers and sisters that live around our downtown campus, as well as folks at Harmony House and DeGeorge. And they've been providing some really important and tasty meals to people who desperately need it. And so we wanna say thank you to those folks who have been leading the charge uh, in that work. It's such a gift that we get to be a part of that. And then also we get to do that because of the fact that we have such a generous community that so many of you give of your uh, resources and as well as um, like your time, but also your, your, your finances as well. And we're so grateful that we get to pool our resources to do these kinds of things. It makes such a big difference. And if you'd like to participate in that work, uh, we would welcome you to do that. And you can do that digitally through several ways. You can do that with a text message. You can text your donation amount to the number 84321. You can also go online to ecclesiahouston.org give. And then you can also do that in the Church Center app as well. But Ecclesia, we're blown away by what an amazing, generous, kind community you are. And we're honored that we get to do that. So Ecclesia, uh, today we get to hear from our lead pastor, Chris C., as he pauses to open the scriptures. And my hope for you is that you hear God's voice speaking to you as we open the scriptures, as we read them together. And that God ministers to your soul, that he offers hope and peace, and that you receive his forgiveness and his love over you and your life wherever you are today. Ecclesia, we love you. We can't wait to see you in person. God bless. Ecclesia, this is Pastor Chris, and I'm thrilled to be able to teach you today. We are continuing in an Easter season, and uh, I'm blessed to pick up on some things that Sean shared with you last week. The last time I addressed you on Easter Sunday, I reminded you um, that we're, we're going to be getting together more often. And I've had both my shots, and a lot of you have had both of your shots. And things are starting to develop into what will be a new normal. Uh, but we're not there yet. And uh, even this week... Uh, we got a painful reminder that this pandemic isn't over. Our dear brother Keith, who's a pastor in our community, um, who serves us so well. If you've ever been prayed for by Keith, uh, you felt Keith's love and the love of God, and he leads us and serves in beautiful ways. And Keith's uh, dear brother Tom uh, contracted COVID uh, a little more than a week ago. We thought he was doing really well and uh, was just recently rushed to the hospital and passed away within hours. I want to invite you to pray for Keith. Would you pray for Tom's family, specifically for his boys and Keith's nephews, Kyle and Ryan? And I don't know about you, but um, I was starting to think like, well, this thing's over. And even though I hear stories and there's still numbers and I look at the charts and maybe you look at the charts, uh, my heart probably had hardened to that reality. And all of a sudden I hear the name Tom, right? Keith's own brother that Keith loved and my heart softens and um, and I have to contemplate these are still real struggles so I want to invite you to pray for Keith I want to invite you as we open the scriptures today to contemplate what it means to really uh, get a heart transplant there are places where uh, we become numb to the realities around us and Sean beautifully invited us into a fabulous text last week this text where Jesus is on a boat and a storm hits right and when the storm hits, the disciples have to start rethinking, like, who is Jesus? And, and, uh, and Sean rightly alludes to this reality. There was another story in the Old Testament of a prophet on a boat and a storm. And you know what they had to do to calm the storm, right? They had to throw that prophet overboard. And the disciples likely were wondering, like, 
who is this Jesus, right? Is he, uh, is he the one that's going to lead us to freedom? Is he the one that's going to be even maybe the Messiah? Or is he the prophet that needs to be thrown overboard, right? Sean invited us to share in an activity. It's one that the Bible talks about as repentance. And if you grew up in a tradition like mine, repentance was something grandiose and it was something filled with shame and guilt. And Sean just said, what, what if it actually meant what the word says in metanoia, which is to think, to rethink and to rethink who Jesus is. And this is what I love about that, Ecclesia. You're invited, just like Peter was, to rethink who Jesus is. And I can't do it for you. You've got to do it for yourself. And, and to wonder, who is Jesus to me? Is he my savior? What does the resurrection mean to me? And I don't know about you, but that, that's important to me in this season. There's some places I need God to revive what's been dead in my life. And in the same way, when Jesus invited Peter to say, who, who do you say that I am? Who do people say that I am? And Peter, who do you say that I am? Uh, Peter got the answer right, eventually, but it didn't always follow up in his life. And that's what I want us to think about today. Uh, Peter's journey was probably like mine and yours. He got one thing right, then he got one thing wrong. He took three steps forward and two steps back. And I do the same thing. I get it right and then I get it wrong. And I get things right in my head, but it doesn't always translate into my life. And I want this Easter season to be what I live for. I want, I want resurrection to be real in my life. I want things that have become dark and sad and depressed, things that have died in me, to come back to life and to bloom in the spring. And that's what I'm gonna pray for today. I'm grateful, Ecclesia, that we exist together as we have in Lent in a community that's invited each of us to introspection. Now, here's the reality. I can't do introspection for you and you can't do it for me. I've got to look at my heart and go, where am I off? Where am I sad? Where am I broken or depressed? What, what does God need to teach me or say to me? And God's not going to tell me what you need to know or the things you need to fix in your life, right? But as I come to those realities, then I move from what Sean talked about last week, rethinking, repenting, re-examining how we're gonna live. And I get to move into confession, which is to say, that's not how I wanna live. I wanna live differently. And I'm grateful, Ecclesia, that you're a confessing community. You're a community that's not accusational. We're not the people that are trying to tell everybody else what's wrong with them. Trust me, you won't get it right. And even when you get it right, you won't have the order right, right? So you may know, like, he needs to work on not being a jerk so much, but you don't quite realize God's got 10 other things that he's working with that guy on, and, and they're in a totally different order than the order that you want. And when we exist in a healthy community, we invite God to say, will you speak to me? Will you guide me? And that's what we're going to do today. This week in my house, we, uh, we had a story of resurrection, and I'm hoping for a lot more of them. My, my kids are a gift to me, and this season that we've been home together all the time, right? The boys and I, the girls are off at school. The boys and I are together all the time. There's a lot going on in my house, and teenage boys have their unique gifts and their unique smells and challenges, right? They just do. That's who they are. And my son, Solomon, who's now just recently turned 18, has developed a new love interest. Well, he's had a bunch of them, girls, in this season, but he's developed a love interest with cars. He loves them. He inherited an, an old Mustang from my dad, and he's been fixing it up. And he came to me just after the Easter service and said, Dad, that resurrection thing you're talking about, I got an opportunity to take something that's been dead and bring it back to life. He said, I found an 87 Porsche 
and we should buy it. <laughs> I said, Solomon, we're broke. We don't have the money to do that. But he was determined. And so I said, Solomon, do this. If you go to the guy that's selling this Porsche, it sat for 15 years in his backyard. And if he'll let you fix it in his backyard and you can get it running, it hadn't run in 15 years. If you can get it running, I'll find a way to come up with 800 bucks. And over the last two weeks, he's been over there and he's replaced all the fluids. He's replaced more parts. He's done just about everything I could imagine doing to that Porsche. And you know what happened? Even on the days that he failed, he came back with a smile on his face. One of the days he replaced the fuel pump and the fuel started pumping all right, but it was pumping through fuel lines that hadn't operated in 15 years and they exploded and they sprayed six gallons of gas all over him and he came home covered in gas and dirty from head to toe with the biggest smile on his face why because if you believe there's a resurrection happening even your failures feel like successes and you know what he did this week he got that car running and i had to come up with 800 bucks and now my 18 year old owns a porsche right and he's fixing it up and uh, and he's pretty excited to go on a date in that porsche and i believe ecclesia that that car is a symbol for what god wants to do in my life and in yours what's been dead and dormant for 15 years can come back to life you can love again right you can live again you can serve again you can use your gifts to change the world again and this is what the prophet jeremiah tells us many times we wonder what what does the old testament have to say about jesus and what god was up to and i want to read to you one of my favorite passages in jeremiah in jeremiah chapter 31 verse 31 the prophet is speaking about a day that there will be a new covenant a different covenant that goes beyond a system of sacrifices but there will be a new sacrifice once and for all that's jesus in the book of Jeremiah, God is speaking to the prophet Jeremiah and he says this, look, the days are coming when I will bring about a new covenant with the people of Israel and Judah. It will not be like the covenant I made with their ancestors long ago when I took them by the hand and led them out of slavery in Egypt. They did not remain faithful to that covenant, even though I loved and cared for them as a husband. This kind of new covenant, God says in Jeremiah, I will make with the people of Israel when those days are over. I will put my law within them. I will write it on their hearts. I will be their God and they will be my people. No longer will people have to teach each other or encourage their family members and say, you must know the eternal for all of them will know me intimately themselves. From the least to the greatest of society, I will be merciful when they fail and forgive their wrongs. I will never call to mind or mention their sins again. Right? Jeremiah knew a day was coming where forgiveness would be a free gift that would come through Christ. And that even when you fail, like when my son couldn't quite get the car fixed and it didn't quite work out, but he still knew he was on his way in a beautiful story, something that was gonna turn out beautiful. And I wanna remind you, whatever you failed out this week, whatever failure has come upon you, your story is still being written. And it's a story of God's beauty and greatness and love. And Jeremiah says it well, he says, I'm gonna write it on their hearts, right? We, we hear it in a similar way in the book of Ezekiel. It's a famous passage in Ezekiel. And in this passage, this prophet who's been in exile, Israel was destroyed, captured by Babylonians, living in exile, like many of us have felt maybe in this pandemic, been living alone and struggling and out of sorts and out of sync. And in that place, he has a vision 
And God takes him to a valley, a valley he'd been to before, but a different valley. This valley was filled with bones, dry bones. It was literally for a Jew, it was the worst place you could be. It was an open graveyard. And this is what he says. He's, the eternal one speaks to Ezekiel and says, son of man, do you think these bones can live? And Ezekiel said, eternal Lord, certainly you know the answer better than I do. And the eternal one said, actually I do. And he told Jeremiah, prophesy to these bones and tell them to listen to what the eternal Lord says to them. Dry bones, I will breathe into you and you will come alive. I will attach muscles and tendons to you, cause flesh to grow over them and cover you with skin. I will breathe into you and you will come alive. And after this happens, you will know that I'm the eternal. Now I must tell you, Ecclesia, I've heard this passage so many times. My grandfather, who was a Baptist preacher, he loved to preach on this passage, right? There were some songs that went with it, right? And those dry bones, he'd say, those dry bones, they're gonna, they're gonna live and they're gonna breathe and they're gonna dance. And I'm telling you, I don't know what's died in you. I don't know the places that you've lost hope. I've got some of my own. But this passage reminds us that what God does is he gives us a new heart. He gives us a new direction. He calls us to something beautiful. And in this passage, what we see is those bones, those things that were dead come back to life. And that's the story of the resurrection. I wonder, Ecclesia, what does God want to bring back to life in you? Can I offer a few thoughts and then pray for you? Here's one. Have you given up on the idea that you as a person are called to make a massive impact on the world? Have you, have you just resigned yourself to live your life and move through? Have you given up on this idea that God made you uniquely to impact the world? I don't know how you're called to do that. I don't know if you're gonna be a part of some massive transformation in our city or someplace else across the globe, but I believe God created you to make an impact. Will you ask God in this season of Easter that he would resurrect this idea or belief in you that you're called to make an impact on the world. Secondly, what does it look like then in light of the resurrection to be a person that not only receives the gift of God, but just gives gifts? I, I've found so much joy in this season from giving small gifts to people. If it's their birthday, I love to bring them a birthday cake. If it's uh, a special day um, or, or just for no reason at all, to drop off food or gifts. And I've found I get way more joy out of giving gifts than I think the people that receive them. Uh, there's something for me about giving those gifts. And I wonder in this season, would you reimagine your role in the world as a gift giver? Who are you called to love? Who are you called to give to? Let me give you two more. The resurrection reminds us that we're people, we're souls that exist in a body. Now, the body's not the most important thing. We're not here forever, but it is a body that God gave us and God created. There's two things I want you to think about in that. If you've got one body, what does it mean to care for it well? Do you have a resurrection story that you need to live out in this season of caring better for your body? Are you like me? Maybe your blood pressure needs to go down. Your waistline needs to trim up. We need a little more exercise, a little more walking, a little bit healthier eating, right? And God, we can begin to see the power of the resurrection in our own transformation. And then secondly, if we've got one body, this is what you need to know. You can only be in one place at a time. I know I'm saying that while I'm talking to you on video and I'm in two places at once, right? And we've got this 
kind of delusion in our age as we're on Zoom that we can be a bunch of places at once, but you can really only be fully present in one place at one time. Who are you called to be present with? Who are the people in your life that matter most? Who are the people that need you? Will you be fully present with them? It's an important call to me. And then lastly, if the resurrection is real, and I believe it is, more than 500 people saw Jesus physically resurrected. That means that we don't have to be afraid of sin or death or sickness or disease. And if that's the case, we've got a lot to smile about. We've got a lot to laugh and to dance about. Would you think about what it means to be a person that smiles, that laughs, that dances, that believes that God gave us so many good gifts in each other and in the world that we exist in. And that we're a people, not only of the sunset, I love sunsets, sunsets are beautiful, but they cast a glow on what was, right? Now, I tend to make it out for more sunsets than I do for sunrises, but when you get up early and you see a sunrise, it reminds us of the promise of a new day. And that's what Easter's about. Like, let's see, will you give me a moment to pray for you and with you? Lord God, we pray for each man and woman, every brother and sister and child. We pray specifically for our dear brother, Pastor Keith, in the midst of the loss and his family. We pray that you'd be present with him. And for many others of us that have places of loss, places that we've allowed things in our life to die off, where we've lost all hope. We pray today that we would experience an Easter hope in a way that's practical and real. Would you bring us back to being the people you made us to be, a people that are made to make a real impact on the world, a people that are made for transformation, like an old Porsche that's sat in a backyard and hasn't moved or started, that something within us that's been dead would restart and have a new life and a new era. And we believe that this massive transition in the world is an opportunity for us to reimagine who we are and who we're called to be. We pray, God, that you would meet us in these places, that Easter would be real, not just in history, but in our lives. We pray this in your name, in the name of the Father and the Son and the Holy Spirit, we pray, amen. And now, Ecclesia, it's my privilege to welcome us to the table where we remember Christ's death and resurrection. As we've just heard from Pastor Chris C., it's important for us to be a people who are honest about the places where we fail, and the places where we need God's forgiveness and redemption and restoration. So I want to invite you to pray this prayer of confession with me together. There's places where I'll read as a celebrant and we'll all respond together as the people. But would you join me now in this prayer? In you, O oh Lord, we are raised to walk in new life, but still we are prone to wander from your path. Forgive us, Lord. Grant us obedience to walk boldly, following you in faith. Our eyes remain clouded by the things of the world, even as your new creation is breaking through. Forgive us, Lord. Grant us vision for your kingdom. Help us to see you clearly. Our self-interest turns us inward. We are slow to empathy and compassion. Forgive us, Lord. Grant us hearts that break with yours. Make us instruments of your love for all people. And all together, help us to leave these things at the foot of the cross. Help us rise again a forgiven people. Grant us grace for this day that we would place our hope in you once more. Amen.
And so, Ecclesia, we remember that on the night that Jesus was betrayed, that he gathered with his closest followers and they shared a meal. And at one point in the meal, he stood up and he took the bread that was with them and he gave thanks and he blessed God. And then he broke it and he gave it to them and he said, take this and eat. It is my body broken for you. And in the same way, after the meal, he took a cup of wine and again, he blessed God and he thanked God for it. And then he gave it to them and said, take this and drink. It is my blood poured out for you. It's a new covenant. And as often as you eat and drink this, remember me. And so Ecclesia, we come to this table that brings us all together as one body, as one people, united at the foot of the cross. And we remember Christ's death and his resurrection. This is the body of Christ broken for you and the blood of Christ shed for you. Amen. Morning by morning I wake up to find The power and comfort Of God's hand in mine Season by season I watch Him amazed In all the mystery Of His perfect ways All I have need of His hand will provide He's always been faithful to me I can't remember a trial or always been faith
Now, Ecclesia, I want to invite you into a very sacred time in our gathering where we intentionally speak words of kindness and blessing over the youngest ones in our lives and around us. So I want to invite you to take a moment to gather your kids, if they've got them with you, to put your hands on them, to, to kneel down, to look them in the eye. And if you don't have kids with you, that's okay. Uh, you can just either hold a picture or call their image in your mind and join with me as we practice this deeply sacred practice of saying words of kindness and i'm thinking of my own kids while i'm doing this who aren't here with me so moses and aiden elizabeth may you live by faith may you be known by love may you be a voice of hope and may you know all your days that god is with you that he loves you that he is for you that he has forgiven all your sins. And I pray this in the name of the Father and the Son and the Holy Spirit. Amen. Thank you, Ecclesia, for joining us on this Sunday. I pray that something from this gathering spoke to you in your hearts. And now join me in this benediction. It is a Franciscan blessing. May God bless you with discomfort at easy answers, half-truths, and superficial relationships so that you may live deep within your heart. May God bless you with anger at injustice, oppression, and exploitation of people so that you may work for justice, freedom, and peace. May God bless you with tears to shed for those who suffer pain, rejection, hunger, and war, so that you may reach out your hand to comfort them, to turn their pain to joy. And may God bless you with enough foolishness to believe that you can make a difference in the world so that you can do what others claim cannot be done, to bring justice and kindness to all our children and the poor. Ecclesia, Continue to do justice, to love mercy, and walk humbly with God. Dwell in peace. Thank you for listening to our podcast. If you would like more information, please visit our website at www.ecclesiahouston.org.